Yeah, everyone should go to McGill. I mean, my father, you know, because my whole family went to McGill, was like, I remember I brought home 100 on a test once, and he was like, well, that's fucked. And yeah. I was like, what, what do you what mean? What kind of class is this? Yeah, he was like, well, how could how could any good teacher tell you you know 100% of the material? And I was like, because I'm <laughs> right. smart, Dad. And he's like, no. I don't think so. I thought your dad was a McGill experiment that escaped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he went there. I didn't realize he enrolled there. Yeah, no, he was there as like an MK Ultra like backup, like fifty years <laughs> yeah, later. MK Penultimate, <laughs> MK more Mortal Kombat. <laughs> There's like a precursor study before MK Ultra until they refined it. They're like, we're just gonna test everything on these stupid kids. <laughs> it's more like post pump, pump them full of shit. Yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> hey, oh, and we're in. Do you remember that scandal a few years ago? Someone wrote a tell-all where they like they cop to being a ghostwriter for like not only college admissions essays but like they said they like i've written college term papers i've written phd theses or like one thesis of someone like something important for their for in their md program i was like holy crap yeah it was unclear if it was real or not you know? no it was it was a facebook post which was tethered to a real person it went around the tutoring community pretty hard because it was basically like i mean this woman basically reiterated the thing i just said where it was like the people of a certain class are, you know, untouchably wealthy and it's the job of everyone involved to make sure that they sort of propagate the wealth of their family for eternity. So like nothing can afford to go wrong because if something goes wrong, then like a lot of the wrong people have to ask serious questions about what's happening. So like, yeah, this woman was talking about writing. It, it was like intense. It was like writing letters of recommendation from companies because the person's bosses were functionally illiterate. Oh my God. Yeah, it was just like, it was it was like some Whoa. catch level of 22 level absurdity, like Monty Python of like. It's a beautiful world that we live in. Late, it's, late a real merit, it's a real meritocracy, baby. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg for president. Yeah, exactly. The, Mayor Pete is the, oh, fuck. I was just at dinner with some fucking old people who were just like, they were like, Lame-o. we donated money to Mayor Pete because he figured it out. And I was like, are you? F- He's a proven success. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, to be mayor. He has so much experience being a bad mayor. Yeah. And I just like, I choked and, and they were like, you don't like Mayor Pete? And I was like. I don't think we need another Harvard technocrat fucking up our country like the last four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to which, Bush was in, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, my bad. Yeah, to, <laughs> to which the, the previous person or the, the old guy who was at the dinner was like, you know I went to Harvard. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. I really Hello. hit a nerve with this Mayor Pete shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just think that Mayor Pete... Fuck him. Yeah, there's something about him that like symbolizes like all of the people who kind of got a pass and got mm. to move out. I, well, I don't know. Why does he bother me so because much? Because he's a problem solver. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. self-described problem solver. So he'll get up there and he'll be like, you know, if we could just put our heads together and, and unite as a country and really get down to business, we can solve these problems. But so the yeah. problems he's thinking of, or he's framing everything incorrectly, the problems he's thinking of are just outgrowths or symptoms of larger problems that are not going to be addressed. So like, it's going to be just like 
uh, window dressing. On and also the solutions he comes up with are like, now I can say I have a solution. And not really a solution, but just a solution. Like, like the idea of, you know, firing the black sheriff and instituting intrinsic or what's it, whatever it's called uh, intrinsic bias training? intrinsic bias training yeah like okay that's cool but like maybe don't fire the first black sheriff ever in the <laughs> town like right after he accuses other people in the police of being racist it's it's the idea that anybody comes forward and is like i've got a plan to fix it and it's like the idea that it can even be fixed is well no i think it's okay to try and fix things it's just like it you have to have an a, acknowledgement that it's a process and the 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 line that you get from people like mayor pete is that like all it takes is working together to find the solution it's, yeah, it's they like never acknowledge are, that it's going to be an iterative process you know 30 percent of the country are people who want to work to stop us from even considering having the debate over what the real problem yeah. is yeah. i don't know alan disagrees with all of us well it sounds like you just described every politician yes Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. totally. Like, I don't think Mayor Pete <laughs> yeah. is worse than most of the contenders, but I also think they're I basically do. all garbage. Like, I think he's comparable to Cory Booker. Like, they say well, good Co- things, you know, but also they're it's bullshit. Yeah, it's like mm. we all need to come together so that I can give tax subsidies to pharmaceutical yeah, companies. Right. It's like, oh, great, yeah, good job. You know, like I'm looking out for the little guy by letting Facebook take over our public schools. Right, small change for the little guy huge change for the big guy yeah all right welcome to the show everybody i'm your host asher lack with me are my co-hosts dr alan sussman yeah what up what's up damn it <laughs> <laughs> the honorable sam lazarus Hi. and our lawyer Raphael ruttenberg esq hey it's hot and today we're talking about uh the thing 1980s john carpenter Stephen King. Stephen King? No, it's not Stephen King. Didn't he King. write the no, short no, story no. that this was based on? No, it was written in the like it. 38. Oh, <laughs> that was the it. <laughs> <laughs> the it. <laughs> you know, also, you know, like monosyllabic, yeah. specific. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Similar monster, too. Yeah. I've never seen already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me either. Actually, all I know really? it's a clown. Yeah, I, know it's I just clown. know it's a clown. Oh, well, I just thought it was a clown. A freaky clown. It's a, it's a weird creature. Assuming, and the shape I also of a know clown. that people yeah. on the internet want to fuck the clown. <laughs> My dad, as usual, <laughs> your dad fucked the clown <laughs> routinely. Like my whole life, in any kind of like intimate father-son moment. With like, you know, oh, and you should always make sure to butt it up. And also, everything floats down here, oh, which no. is the clown's catchphrase in the movie. That's like, <laughs> he's been breaking into that since I was like 18. He was like, son, on your first day of college, I want you to remember that everything floats <laughs> down here. That's great. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I sleep I with a blankie <laughs> yeah. at the age of 37. <laughs> Sounds like that the movie really resonated with your dad. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Like he wishes he could be <laughs> a murder clown in the sewers <laughs> of some small town. Oh, please. He's wearing the suit right now under his regular clothes. And over them. <laughs> I wear a double clown suit. <laughs> Initial thoughts on this movie? I mean, I thought it was great. I, oh, really? I, I was entertained. I mean. Yeah, I like this one. It's, it's pretty yeah. flat, like, horror. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, fine. It's yeah, it's more horror than sci-fi, I yeah, would say. It's an alien. Besides the si- that, it's horror. The sci is a little, you know, leveled down on this. To the weak. Yeah. This <laughs> little Terminator <laughs> level science. The, the, the sci is not really coming through a whole lot. Was anyone doing... No, the Terminator had more sci in it. 
I don't know. It's like, was anyone doing science in the 80s? I think they were just doing coke. <laughs> they were just like... Oh, oh man. They, they, yeah. were doing, they were doing weird science. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> like, this movie about creating a synthetic, like, we super babe <laughs> is going to be very accurate. All it takes is a scanner and a fax machine. And a well, no, I mean, actually, that movie, they, it was like interstellar, but they, like, yeah, they, <laughs> they did a lot of research. There were, like, a lot of... <laughs> PhDs the true involved physics in, in, of yeah, in, in woman creation <laughs> and trying to fit, yeah it's like okay so if the premise is that we're going to make a totally bodacious babe <laughs> how would we do that <laughs> Stephen Hawking is what like is the well there are several things <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that wasn't uh, the best Stephen Hawking impression what is the derivative of bodacity? There it is. <laughs> derivative of bodacity. I don't know. I I thought like you know again in so many ways like <laughs> sorry just like because they use like a microwave and a fax machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm just like use a microwave and a fax machine. Like, oh cool, all right, <laughs> far out. <laughs> We're right. crushing this <laughs> science, dude. I don't know. I guess like I've been on a kick outside of this podcast because I realized that like. I've been watching a lot more movies for this and I was like, God, I'm watching some fucking trash. I should start watching some more stuff. So I've been on like a kick of watching a bunch of like seventies movies. I just watched like network and picnic and hanging rock. And I was like in all the ways that seventies movies were like super shaggy and just sort of like, oh, whatever fucking works, who gives a shit? Like all of that got completely like sterilized in the eighties where they're just like perfect three act structure. Everything has to be tight. Like does someone die in the first 10 minutes? If they don't, they better die in the first 12. Okay, go right. And this movie kind of held to that, Mm. which I loved. It was tight. It was, I mean, the ending is interesting. I think like the very end, right? The very end is amazing. Yeah. Apparently they shot a second, uh, less ambiguous ending, Hmm. which didn't make it into the cut, the final cut. Huh? I appreciate it. I appreciate the ambiguity. Yeah, me too. I'm glad for it. Doesn't need to be wrapped up tight. It's a little more menacing that way. Yeah. I would say like for the negatives for this, like the heavy emphasis on body horror, the heavy emphasis on effects, it's just like it's kinda like it was it was like too much, like without going further, you know, it was like it was like almost at Cronenberg level where it's just like the um freaky baby from Come on, help me out here. Oh, eraser head. Eraser head, the eraser head mm. baby. Which is just like frightening in any context. <laughs> and then, so that's freaky pretty much no matter what. Even the fly is still super freaky. Oh, but so Razorhead's not Cronenberg, right? No, it's David but Lynch. No, it's Lynch. Yeah. But yeah. It's similar, you know, I mean, not similar, but adjacent. Genre. Adjacent. Keep going, Raph. Don't <laughs> no, let these no, fucking no, clowns no, wreck no, your no, shit. No, Alan makes a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> just shut Raph down. <laughs> Goodbye, Raph. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where I was going with that. No, yeah. it's just too much. It's just too much, and it feels gratuitous. You know, like it felt like gross out. Yeah, horror. I read a thing. He didn't want to do the like guy in a suit bit, so that was like a big part of why, at least according to him, why wait guy in a suit bit. Yeah, like he didn't want to do what Alien did, where like at the at the reveal, it's just a guy in a suit. You know, which like the I, reveal is a the guy reveal in a of suit. the monster. The reveal of the monster is a guy in a suit. Like it's a guy in an alien suit. An alien suit, not. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, no, no not like a double breast. <laughs> like, no. like, okay. Good job, chaps. I'm yeah. off to the bank. Yeah, that's like, I really was actually is. picturing that. I was actually yeah. picturing a guy in like a tightly tailored like Wait, bowler hat. I mean, tie. that's how most creature features are. Yeah, I still like, don't, don't know what you're talking about. You I'm mean, the thing. You, you mean that the there's an actor inside of the... Yeah, like he didn't want to try to fit Boop. the visualization of the creature into what you could do with a dude with a in a dude, suit, okay. in a rubber suit. Okay. So that's part of maybe why they put so much emphasis on that kind of practical effects i think that they it's like the same way that in jaws it works because you don't see the shark until the end that's also why alien works and arguably why this movie maybe borderline doesn't work because you see the thing at the very beginning and you're like so then you're in this this gross world of the body horror yeah and it 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 just like touches on like so many distinct phobias then there's like the disfiguring uh, of of a body well, like, like the, the the flesh exposed you know like the, yeah, the corpse like thing then there's also like the spider yeah, like monster faces melting into other faces yeah. it's just like it's it's too much it's not consistent yeah. people getting their arms eaten off yeah <laughs> yeah the, the belly bites the arms <laughs> off <laughs> yeah so sort of like vagina amazing. dentata yeah I mean, it's just like it's just like a, a feast Teeth. of freudian watch that movie. fucking shit that's Can awful. we really yeah. briefly I, mean, I think it's supposed to just be gross out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Kurt Russell is wearing a sombrero for like three quarters <laughs> of this movie? It's, it's whenever he goes to, to fly the helicopter. That's like his lucky flying hat. Wait, really? No, yeah. He's got it on his back <laughs> when he's not wearing it. Yes, that's exactly. The that's when he his... goes to fly, he puts it on his head. <laughs> They're all like dressed for Antarctica. Yeah. yeah. And then he's <laughs> like, all right, let me get sense. my hat yeah. on. <laughs> Gotta keep the sun out of my eyes. Well, also like his... It's like, it's 40 below out there and they have like fingerless like gloves <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a couple like, scenes with like guys pulling their gloves on i'm like if you're a scientist living in antarctica you don't wait till you're outside to put your gloves on that's not how this works well they also it's the other guys two degrees out there <laughs> <laughs> you'll be dead in two hours yeah. <laughs> okay so should we break this plot down i mean the plot yeah. is it also has an evil dog in it which is yeah, kind of wild i love, I love the that dog, yeah. yeah that was you like that yeah. I, oh, this is a movie where someone kills a dog. That's true. A right? lot of dogs. A lot, a lot of, of people dogs. kill dogs. Yeah. Well, they're not dogs. But one so person kills them. Like the bad guy yeah. kills the dogs. And then the people kill the alien pretending to be a dog. Spoiler Wait, when alert. he kills no, the sorry. dogs, he's not bad yet, right? Or you, or no, you think he he's bad, bad at that but point, but no one knows it? Hang I feel on. like he's yeah. not bad yet. Who's he? It, the thing? Well, you get the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, we need wait, to rewind on about? this. I'm confused. Did you guys? Yeah, have, do you guys remember the like maybe first season episode of X Files where there's like the silicon based spore monsters? I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that. where they go into like a mine. Yeah, I think that that episode is basically this movie without the the creature effects. Like it's all the same psychological drama that you have in the thing. Like we don't know who's infected. And we yeah. don't know who's an ally, right? Well, we can push pause on that because it's a pretty... I mean, the bottle narrative of scientists in a place with, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right. you know, um, to some degree, like, Village of the Damned has some of that Yeah, vibe. but I mean, like, particularly the being in a science facility yeah. and, alien. like, coming to find, yeah, like, an alien thing and not really knowing what's going on, discovering it over the course of the narrative, you know? Yeah, well, I, I, again, I thought that this movie had so much of shared DNA with Alien, where it's like, okay, yeah. we have a bottle of, like, there is some presence here out to kill us. It's something that we really don't understand. And in this case, I thought it did a much more interesting thing, which, like, again, we need to break the plot down, but that I think 
movies used to trust the audience a lot more. We talked about this in the Alien episode, right? Of like, how long does it take before we even get an idea of what's going on in that movie? We're sort of thrown into people hanging out on the ship and talking to one another. In The Thing, it's relatively similar, right? Like, we don't know anything. We start with, you know, a guy speaking Norwegian and trying to kill a dog from a helicopter across the ice. Like, I thought there was a scene at the beginning with a sh- like an alien ship crashing into Earth. Yeah, that's the first Oh, yeah, scene. that's the that's the sort of cold open before But I guess you kind of don't find out. Like, that's actually, like, thousands of years before, right? Yeah, yeah well, you're we not given any other information. Yeah, and we it. don't necessarily, you know... We're now we're trained to kind of connect those dots immediately, but like for right. the viewer, then I mean, I'm sure that probably they knew s- something was up because normal people don't kill dogs in movies, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I thought that was interesting, and it's something we sort of is a recurring theme on the show is sort of like when a movie trusts its audience, it's so much better. Mm. No, yeah, no, and just challenges like, the audience. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I mean, it's like trust your audience to to pay attention and to be engaged and to want to figure it out you know yeah like to want it to be a little bit of a puzzle not just like serve up heaping dollops of like here's exposition here's plot here's action here's resolution and then go home yeah so it's like you know yeah i mean like i think maybe like now people you know (laughs) i don't know people maybe are assuming that people are on their phones the audience is on their phones during the movie and like not paying a whole lot of attention <laughs> i think that's probably you know? a yeah. pretty good observation on like it the only way to keep us on it is like explosions and giant robots or just like you know not asking for a lot of engagement in it yeah. you know mm. yeah uh, i'm not sure that this is a quintessential example of <laughs> of like mm. trusting your audience yeah i mean yeah i mean I, it's a pretty simple plot yeah right? no, what, <laughs> yes it is this is a, this is a yeah. pretty basic Plot oh, it's so simple. Why don't you break it down for yeah, us? Shape-shifting no, aliens, no, murdering <laughs> everyone. Um, but I also thought, like, I don't know, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but, like, I thought that this movie tied into, like, a lot of political and, like, you know, information conflict stuff that we're dealing with today, which I thought, like, we can talk about. I can also just cut that word what salad do, that I'm mean? spouting. Yeah. No, is, I'm interested. We can talk about What's it. What's the protein but, in that word salad? Just, why don't we, just why don't we start like, with the plot breakdown? Yeah, let's <laughs> start with the plot breakdown before I start sounding like a Lyndon LaRouche pamphlet. <laughs> like, uh, st- wait, how have we not talked at all <laughs> about the fact that Wilfred Brimley is a fucking scientist? In Wilfred this Brimley, movie? yeah, Wilfred yeah. Brimley, yeah, diabetes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's missing his uh, famous mustache in this, which I think <laughs> yeah. is a humongous mistake. I thought you were gonna say frontal lobe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! He's still, I think he's still alive. Is he? Good for so. him. Yeah. Way to go, Wilfred. Come on the show. Yeah. Great. Talk about making the thing. Also, this movie had Keith David in it, which I don't know who that is. Yeah, who's that? The voice of Goliath on Gargoyles. He's, oh well, okay. Who does he play oh, yeah. in the movie? I don't know that. He plays the last survivor. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, does he oh, also? But he's also been in other stuff. Yeah. He yeah, definitely he's looks been familiar. In a ton of stuff. He was in Requiem for a Dream. Is like a right. pretty notable. So there's a little bit of redundancy. There's like well, Windows the ninety five or whatever. <laughs> like who? I don't know. What a nickname for that guy. Windows. <laughs> Windows. I love yeah. that guy. Also, I and thought they called him that because he was always wearing sunglasses inside in their uh, like windowless fucking. Oh, is that why? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know what his deal was, but then Maybe there was like the stoner. Wears the sunglasses there was Palmer. to close the windows oh, that, to the soul. That, that guy who was like 
Ancient aliens, man, they're real. Chariots of the gods, look it up. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, he was right. He sure yeah, was. He was actually right. Yeah. Well, uh, but yeah, he was an alien too. It turns out. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, should we actually break so, so this then plot at the down? end of the movie? <laughs> but how do you get the grass to Antarctica? Well, I was In thinking about that with Kurt Russell's alcoholism like there isn't a scene in this like i don't know i thought he was pretty believable as an alcoholic in this movie like there isn't a scene where he's not drinking and it's not like or on his way to drink yeah public like his hands are shaking he's <laughs> got a serious problem so should we describe the plot I don't know if of it's this really movie presented that way i think you might be projecting like he yeah. drinks a lot but he definitely you don't see any scenes where he's like having dts or something he's I don't know. He, there's he's a obviously lot of an scenes, alcoholic. Yeah, where they're movie, like having right? conversations and he's like, look, can we just get through this, man? I've got a lot of important paperwork to fill out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, do you mean drinking booze on the toilet? Because, uh, I mean, God. at one point he says, I got to get back to my shack and drink. And drink, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so eventually he's just like, well, pe- people are getting murdered here. I might as well stop lying about what's going on with me. Why does he have his own shack? Because he's the pilot. Yeah. The pilot shack. Also, like, mm-hmm. yeah, is his shack heated? His situation was very. Also, like, who refers <laughs> was, to where was they he live there when they got there as a shack? <laughs> Welcome to Shea Shack. Uh. Oh God, yeah. So, for for listeners who haven't seen this movie, it's essentially like a bottle story of scientists on in like an experimental station research lab, research lab in Antarctica. Well, and scientists and. And other and people, Kurt Russell, and well, there's support a cook, staff. support staff, yeah, yeah. and there's maybe a cook on roller skates. Yeah, who's and a, great? And a doctor. There's a I, the doctor True. seemed like he was doing medical research in Antarctica. Yeah, what I kind don't, of medical research would you do in Antarctica? Penguin fertility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like why can't I impregnate a penguin? <laughs> I just bring that up. It, Probably it's a not little, trying enough. <laughs> it was a little. Uh, confusing Why are they to me, so cute? right? <laughs> like what what these different characters did, and and like how many of them were actually scientists? It seems like very few of them were actually scientists. Yeah, and the rest were just support staff. It was it was yeah. confusing. But I think that is not totally unrealistic. Do you it think could, science, could, yeah. Do you think the science representation is is uh, diminished in this? No, scientist visibility. <laughs> I'm writing a I mean, letter. I'm not clear John on Carpenter. who. Sincerely, science. (laughs) Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think the guy with the glasses is a scientist. Oh, right. He's he's like writing formulas. Sounds on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell's a booze scientist. (laughs) He's investigating (laughs) the effects of drinking all the time in Antarctica. He's a don't sombrero wearage. No, but that was the only guy. He was clearly a scientist, right? Like yeah. I feel like no one else. No, the red-haired guy was a scientist. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the guy with glasses was a scientist. The guy with gla- wait, the, the guy with sunglasses. Windows? No, not Windows. Wait, no, what he was, was the radio job? technician. I, I think like he's a radio like, technician. Okay. And then there was like a guy I, I, who... I, I <laughs> fucking believe this is what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about with this movie. I was like, <laughs> what did you expect we'd be like, talking about? There's <laughs> probably podcasts out there where people are like, remember the names of characters like the guy <laughs> with the red yeah. hair. Or have notes. <laughs> what about the guy who was like Freaky Hands Man who when he was transforming and he like screeched? That's oh, they called him mid transformation. What was his name? The weed smoking dude. No, no, no. no the that's the redhead guy, guy. That, that oh that yeah, Ash was talking about. He could be a scientist. Too. Yeah, he was a yeah, scientist. I think he might be Guys, scientist. let's let's just quickly <laughs> go through. So there is a science mall, 
where scientists do some science. Obviously, they're impregnating Most of them penguins. aren't scientists. Yes. Okay, most of them aren't scientists. We've got... Reason. There are no women. There are no women, which, yeah, this movie doesn't come close to the Bechdel test at all. It doesn't even pass oh. the... Okay, so there is a dog that is being pursued by helicopter and a helicopter pilot and the guy's firing the dog out of the helicopter and the dog is an evil dog but we don't know it's an evil dog (laughs) we We know that dog is evil from second one yeah well someone's evil evil there's some ambiguity like it's like it's a shot it wasn't clear to me at all that was evil you thought he might just be i thought he might be crazy the or d- I thought he was doing it for sport, actually. At he first. thought the Norwegians <laughs> were just helicopter. Well, you don't know he's Norwegian. So yeah, this, this film is very anti-Norwegian. I feel like it's never. Yeah, really? no. I like, thought the Norwegians <laughs> were smart. That guy had like the foresight to kill himself when they. Yeah. Okay. Let's also, <laughs> oh, can I just say, since we're <laughs> talking about guys. the first scene, <laughs> what a <laughs> shitty shot that guy is! I know, terrible. Like they're ten feet from the dog, Absolutely and he terrible. misses by like a hundred yards and shoots <laughs> one of the other one of the scientists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he does that on purpose. Oh no, he doesn't. No, he's just trying to shoot the dog. He's trying to kill the dog, oh, okay. which like also and then he's like throwing grenades and missing like he throws Pathetic. a grenade that he then holds yeah. he's just like oops i dropped it in the snow My oh I'll, bad. I'll bury it I in snow doesn't he, doesn't he blow up his own now. Yeah. helicopter yes that's he blows exactly himself and the helicopter up no, no no he doesn't blow himself up he gets shot did i even watch no this there's movie? two guys there's two guys <laughs> no. one guy gets shot the other guy what really blown up burying a grenade yeah there's yeah, two one, guy, one guy's yeah. shooting one guy's helicopter all look same i'm deleting all of this no this is, this is quality content there's two swedes <laughs> one is flying the the swede one is a chef hans and yeah. oleg oleg it's not, it's not even a scandinavian did name. you know that they came out with a prequel to this movie that's the story of the norwegians oh really yeah like a few years ago did you guys know that i thought they just remade the movie no it's an immediate lead-in what's it called movie. the thing, the thing. <laughs> Yeah, the Wait, dog. really did a good <laughs> the evil dog. Wait, dog. it's really called the thing. Yeah, yeah. but it's Who a prequel. Who would make a prequel yeah. to a movie and name it the same? <laughs> it's really thing. dumb. I've got a prequel to the movie well, Waterworld. It's called <laughs> Waterworld. They we're gonna call it the other thing. Like, it's called World. <laughs> the other thing. It's the same thing. We call it the Thingamajig. The same thing. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> that same thing, but before. That would be an improvement. Movie. So every time they, they say, that thing out there, that thingamajig out there, <laughs> that thingamagummy out there is killing everybody. Look out for the thingamadoodle. That whatchamacallit. <laughs> oh, God. I, <laughs> sweet alien whatchamacallit is out there eating people. So, yeah, okay. all right. I'm, other, I'm no. hijacking, I'm hijacking just, this plot breakdown. I think we did the okay. plot. The, the yeah, plot is we're in a science station that is <laughs> firmly in Antarctica, <laughs> like, and you know a dog a shows is? up. Do we know what a line is? Like a line in keep, the sand? No, like a plot line. It's not like a plot scribble. Typically, I'm sorry. Please continue. Wait, was it Antarctica or Arctic? <laughs> <laughs> Because why are the Norwegians there if it's Antarctica? <laughs> that's a really good point. Norwegia is closer to Antarctica <laughs> than it is to Antarctica. Well, maybe that's where they vacation. Arctica. They're just like, I want to go too, somewhere far away, cool. <laughs> but cold. I don't want it to be very different from where I'm from. <laughs> where can I go that there are also fjords? It's like, yeah, no, it was a, it was a sweet, it was a Norwegian dog shooting safari. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, there's like a science outpost. It gets, you know, infiltrated by a shape-shifting alien in the form of a sinister dog that then goes on to start killing members of the crew or of the station and impersonating them. But it's not, oh, oh, you mean the alien? Does. It starts the alien pretty does. early, yeah. right? Like one of the first shots... It's unclear. The dog creeps around. The dog is, yeah. yeah, the dog is as a as an air of menace to him. Yeah, those shots are amazing, and and I think it goes back to like a and sort of a saying in film where they're like, you know, you don't want to share the screen with a child or an animal because their performance is always going to be more natural than <laughs> and more honest than a person's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's pretty true of this dog. It's like the dog just. It's behaves. not true of Marley and me though. No. That's because that dog was entirely CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was motion it. capture. Marley and Terminator. Yeah, I thought that was a robot dog. I wasn't sure when the dog actually takes over the first human member There's of the crew. There's that shot where yeah, you see that? like the shadow of somebody's head. Yeah, but then later on in the movie when they test that guy's blood... It wasn't clear who it was, though. Yeah, okay, it wasn't clear who it was. That's Fair true, enough. yeah, it could have been someone else. Yeah, yeah so uh, basically, I mean, what, panic we ensues. Who, we don't know who the first infected person was, do we? No, I don't think we no. do. I, it's unclear. By the time we know anybody's infected, I think it's pretty clear that several people are. Yeah. By the yeah. time the, the cast knows. Yeah. Yeah, and really, yeah, yeah, they go back and they visit the Norwegian Arctic station from which the dog and the person chasing the dog at the beginning ostensibly came, and they figure out that the Norwegians pulled some kind of corpse of an alien out of the ice, and that the alien is impersonating them and yeah. killing them. And and they found like a like a UFO, right? That like in a, a spaceship, yeah, that like basically a, was in the ice. From like 100,000 years ago. It's or very 10, surprising ago. to me that they don't show, because the hatch is open. They like don't show the, show the hatch yeah. open and then but nobody, no one, goes, nobody inside. goes in. Like that would be my yeah. first instinct. Right. Well, I think it's because they couldn't afford that well, yeah, set. Right. <laughs> It's just it's like, so don't show the hatch open in that case. There was right. some story about some like director. I think it was like Alfonso Cuarón meeting John Carpenter and being like, "The Thing is a perfect film. It was amazing. It totally changed my mind or like changed my life and changed the way I thought about cinema." And John Carpenter was like, "Could you believe I got like ten grand for that one?" He's <laughs> <laughs> just like. I think he just like doesn't give a shit at all. Well, it's kind of shocking that the movie is as good as it as it is, as tight you as think it he is. Sucks. No, because I think that he just doesn't care. Like I don't, I don't think that he actually has. I think he's like his brilliance is entirely not self-examined. It's not the product it's kind of, of nonchalant. Yeah, it's not the product. It's like outsider art. It's like not the product of anything other than like, oh, we got to get a movie. You hold this camera. You stand over there. You're an alien now. You go <laughs> fucking die. All right. Lights. Do it. Biscuits <laughs> the dog. Go fucking eat somebody. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean like this is the same guy go, who made good dog, good boy. <laughs> Dark Star, you know, where it's just like. And yeah. Halloween. Yeah. And Halloween. But I, I'm pretty sure that like really I think that John Carpenter is sort of this like unaware unself-aware brilliant artist uh-huh. who like doesn't think of what he does as art and like si- similarly with the music like this movie was scored by morricone but i'm pretty sure that all of this sort of synth music in it was done by john carpenter it's, I, I was reading about this actually it was done not by john carpenter but specifically in the style of john carpenter because you don't have time 
he didn't have enough time to do the score. So he hired a guy to do it as he would have done it. Yeah, Morricone, like yeah. one of the most right. brilliant film composers of all time. But like with the instructions of writing a John Carpenter score. Which is cra- crazy that he does something so stylistically specific yeah. that's amazing. Like when, you know, when you hear the soundtrack to Stranger Things, you're like, oh, that's John Carpenter's style. Right. I don't know. And his music is amazing. I just, I think that that's so cool to be this his sort of His like, records are really good. His records are that fucking amazing. That was going to be my endorsement for the week is oh. the, the Lost Themes. Both spoilers. Of them, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some recommendations. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 There's, um, some, there's some like weird uh, computers. Like it's just like it's interesting like to compare this to Alien, which is in su- such a more sophisticated movie in so many ways. Just like the computer in this, like Wilford Brimley is, you know, in front of his computer. And it's un- like the computer's just God, like, computer. there is a 75% chance <laughs> that so someone ridiculous. has been, it's like typing out like full sentences. Yeah. This is like the CSI yeah. computer bullshit yeah. from the 80s. Like yeah. clackety clackety clack, the answer to your question. Yeah. Computers yeah. don't do that. Yeah, no, it's Sorry. just, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's basically like this computer is like, <laughs> so he's playing like chess against like chess master 2000 <laughs> which he's kurt like russell the, kurt russell yeah. spills a fucking scotch More on like it pours. he pours the scotch <laughs> on. that's where our introduction to kurt russell yeah. who ends up being so he kills he, the chess master 2000 okay to go back to your comment about him being an alcoholic what kind of alcoholic wastes an entire drink on a computer when they're stuck in a the truculent one yeah i okay, was kind fair. of surprised by that because i was like this isn't to me was down to melted ice mostly well and at first when i was watching that i was like how many bottles of scotch did you bring with right. you to this science mall like <laughs> i don't think you can afford to be wasting some destroying the only form of entertainment you have yeah it's character it, building or something basically the the <laughs> alien slowly kills through the crew and the helicopter pilot well, like yeah played, they're killing each other they're the killing, aliens not killing them right the aliens inhabiting them and then they're right. figuring and then the other people well, are figuring it out. Well, that's sort of an interesting philosophical question there. Like when you're assimilated, have oh, you died? I see. Right. They're also their, their memories are assimilated about. too. Yeah. Which yeah. Is like they wild. are still themselves, but they're also the aliens somehow. Which is a little, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's a little bit of a loose end. Yeah. I, I don't, I think if we referred that question to John Carpenter, he'd be, be like, like no, get, get, shut get, up. Shit. get the fuck off of my face. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically the, the alien slowly kills its way through the crew. The crew Assimilates. kill their way through each other while the alien is assimilating them. And I don't know. I thought that, so Wilford Brimley, who knows that he's infected with the alien. Does he see? That's kind of my, the point I was making. Like he doesn't act like he knows he, you're talking about the the doctor, right? The yeah. guy they lock up in the yeah in the, outbuilding. In the shed. Like he definitely acts terrified, terrified of the infection. Yeah, I so think that is he's he infected very aware. at that point? Yeah, I think he's infected at that point. I'm fairly so certain. he must not know that he's infected. No, no, no. He does know, right? And he's looking up statistics on his computer. Which, by the way, to go back to like the the your complaints about the way that the computer <laughs> answers shit. So many students I have now, that's the way that they interact with Google. Mm. Is like it's they're like Except savages consulting like a like a stone idol that they have <laughs> at the center of their village. They're How just can like, I get girls to like me. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have any more plot to read? Yeah, what the hell do oh. we talk about with this movie? Well, yeah, no no no. So <laughs> well, but I think that that's what I was oh, asking. Oh. That's the central question of the movie, right? It's like Is it how much of you is gone when you're 
right? Like, how That's do you maintain? Question in the movie? Well, other than like <laughs> things are scary. <laughs> I think like, what is the like, other philosophical? How, how, how gross movie? can we make? I yeah. actually, I thought this, that this movie. Well, hang on, because because what I I think we need to talk a little bit about the sort of climax that this builds to, which is that um, basically Wilford Brimley like runs a statistical model on his computer and is like, oh, if this thing gets to the general population of Earth, which it's 100% likely to do if we don't kill ourselves, then it will take what, I think it was 27,000 days. days. It might have been 127,000, something like that. Yeah, it was something like that to infect the entire population of Earth. And he does that calculation. It's like, okay, cool. And then starts smashing everything in the station, right? He breaks yeah, the helicopter so they can't to leave. prevent escape. So yeah. he's acting in the interests of mankind, not oh, in the yeah, interests yeah, of that's the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it's right. pretty clear he's not infected at that point. I don't think he's infected I, I really, I at that, that point. He was, I thought that he was so fighting the infection. So then right. he gets right. What do you mean? So that's the question. Like it is is he fighting and aware or unaware that he's infected and acting in the interest of man so he still has agency? Or is he not infected yet? And you kind of don't know. You never know. There's no way to know when he got infected, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, okay, and so and that brings me to my central. No, sort I of, don't think that he's infected. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, I see yeah, I think saying. we can't he know. Be worried about himself. Yeah, we, right. We can't know when he was infected, right? And I think that that brings me to the, the thing that I want to. <laughs> the central idea in this movie, which is that this is basically a metaphor for misinformation to me. I mean, not on purpose, but like you could view this as how the the spread of misinformation works and also how the spread of the idea that allows misinformation to happen, which is like that you can't know the truth or that yeah, like... Don't trust your lying eyes. Yeah, exactly. Don't trust, you know, your senses. And I don't know what... what kind of put me on this track was Alan texted me a text chain with someone who is anti-vax right and it was a circular yeah and it was a circular argument around you know well you know I believe that this thing is not real right like I believe that you know vaccines cause autism and it's like okay well how did you arrive at this belief yeah. well show me the studies i can't why not the government censors them mm-hmm. yeah okay right. fine. okay yeah how how do you, you know and and to which their response is well how do you know that vaccines are good for you and it's like all you can really say is like well i've never gotten diphtheria so i don't i that's my proof <laughs> that's not all you can say there are studies yeah but you didn't conduct those studies yourself and, yeah, and that exists they exist but that requires you having faith in a system right Right. So my argument with in the face of that kind of logic is always like, yeah, you have to have faith in something. And I have faith in peer review, the scientific method. And you have faith in what? Like the belief that everyone is lying to you and that your there's nothing ego. to believe. Yeah, you have, you yeah. have faith, yeah. In, faith in, in their own your ego. own. Imp- so but, I mean, it's okay, like the so same argument not- I make against like privatizing the public good, right? It's like, so people argue that a public, a private company is more agile, can be more effective, right? But a publicly owned organization, a publicly run organization can be, has oversight, right? The people, so so you have trust in a system of oversight more so than a system without oversight. It's the same kind of concept. Like I have faith in science because there are people checking it. It's not just happening in a vacuum. Like the things that you believe that have been censored by the government, I'm putting that in air quotes, like it's all faith. 
there is no peer review. There is no way to check objectively, right? So you just take your belief on faith, whereas I take on faith my belief that there exists a system that I don't have to take on faith. I, right. I agree. And I guess I thought that this movie was a really interesting exploration of what happens when like a sort of fundamental precept of how you run a society or an organization between people, what happens when something comes into that system to sort of disrupt your faith in systemic truth. Right. And I, that to me was the, the most truth, interesting thing. The truth being that your fellow crew members are still human. Exactly. Yeah. Essentially, what what we end up getting is that Kurt Russell, and I, I was interested to see what you guys, your takes on it were, but essentially, like, they come up with a re-mock-up of the scientific method, right? They say, okay, well, here are all the people that we have that are on this station. We're going to get them all together in a room. We'll test each of us individually. If you pass the test, you're not an alien. And if you fail the test, we'll burn you alive because you're an alien, and then we'll be okay. We'll have killed all of the alien. Right. Theoretically, unless there's some out there still, it doesn't quite work. Right. Like they're they get into like a melee and then they get scattered. And so then it's unclear whether or not while they're scattered, some of them have been infected with the alien. And so what they end up having to, I mean, quote, having to do is blow up the whole station. And we're left with Kurt Russell and Keith David staring at each other, wondering whether or not each of them are right. an alien. I think as a viewer, we're kind of conditioned to believe that Kurt Russell is not an alien. I think that the only reasonable yeah. answer is that neither of them are. Because why wouldn't he kill Kurt Russell? Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I, I agreed with you. Does, at, does Kurt Russell also have a weapon? Or is it just I mean, I think at Keith that point, David. they're both Yeah, they're capped. both weaponless. Yeah. No, no, what? I thought Keith David had a, a uh, flamethrower. He might have. At the, at the, in the last scene. Yeah, it's possible. But then that'd be more towards our point. Right. Yeah. It just There's seemed really strange that he like ran, like ran away. Yeah. Right. Like, why did he do that? Because he was specifically told not to do that. He gives an explanation for it. He does, yeah, he but it doesn't make guy. sense. No, he does. It does. He saw the no, doctor outside. He chased the it doctor down. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, maybe it does. Yeah, there was there <laughs> because I thought the same thing. I was like, this yeah. is a pretty big plot hole in the end. But then his explanation does make some sense. But because Kurt Russell says, if the doctor tries to get in, don't let him in. But I guess Kurt Russell doesn't explicitly say, if the doctor is outside and you see him, don't run after him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also, like, why are you going to fucking listen to Kurt Russell if your life depends on it? Dude is, is like, I drunk mean, he, and carrying a sombrero yeah. and a shotgun. He like, sort of, you know, he sort became, of the like, the, yeah. the ruler at some point. Like, everyone was listening to him and Wait, asked him oh, what to do. Which, again, I thought was really interesting because what it comes down to is, like, okay, you destabilize a system. You destabilize the fundamental sort of precept of we can trust one another. And then what goes into that vacuum but dictatorship and condign power? Like this this movie is a fucking parable for totalitarian yeah. I mean, I think that was the thing that I okay. thought was most interesting about this movie was sort of like at first I was like, okay, this is just a gross out movie. But then you sort of see the way that people freak out and like turn on each other and the way that like a certain like power structure emerges like that that was the most interesting part of the movie to me yeah so you think the moral is like uh, that the handsome white guy should run everything in times of crisis yes that's exactly what i said yeah yeah, because it turns out so well for them (laughs) (laughs) i mean Uh, that is what it ends up right like it's kurt russell saves the day he's the hero yeah that's right um yeah i I feel like keith david i i don't know it's interesting because i thought 
leaving the movie, I, I really had much more of a trust in Keith David than I did in Kurt Russell. I don't know. Raph, what do you think? <laughs> do, do I trust Keith, Keith David or Kurt Russell yeah. more? Or Squirt Russell. I thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting like how ambiguous they kept everything. Like there was like there were lots of unanswered questions. And like in some ways it yeah. almost fin- felt like an unfinished movie. Mm. Uh but it was also just kind of satisfying. It was just like yeah, um you know, we don't know. At the end I think the last line is like we'll just have to wait a while or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The yeah. ambiguity of the ending was very surprising yeah. to me. I, I wasn't expecting that. To me, it's not really that ambiguous. Like, the ambiguity is whether or not they got all of the alien, all of the thing. If they didn't, we're all fucked. If they did, it's over. Like, that's the ambiguity. It's over, yeah, and they're fucked. They have yeah, either to way, go. they're fucked. They're, yeah. they're but the question is whether or not they successfully stopped this creature. Like, not whether or not they will survive. Yeah. Right. No, and even and even if neither of them are actually infected, either neither of them right. either of them are imitations, uh, exactly. then like, w- can they still like trust each other? Like, are the how is this going to play out? It's like such oh. a total atmosphere of distrust and paranoia is pervaded everything that they can't. They, like an element has been introduced into this structure, like you said, that has just uh, made it impossible. So yeah, I mean, like it is does you know remind me a little bit now that Asher brings it up of authoritarianism, where there's just you're incapable of trusting other human beings, which is a method of control, which is to make people you know under Stalin or under Hitler, you can't rely on anything, you can't rely on any kind of interpersonal relationship, even with your close family. Right. Like the family's unit is undermined because like that gives the people in control total authority over your anything you could possibly want to do if you can't rely on other people there is no social unit society is completely unmoored except for the controlling element yeah all aspects flow through the state essentially or flow through through the central authority which again i was kind of i was interested in it because on the starship troopers episode we talked about john kenneth galbraith's the anatomy of power and you talked a little bit about the difference between condine power and for people who are listeners of the show but haven't maybe heard that one i mean raf if you want to explain compensatory versus condine power the idea is basically that there are different methods of exercising and this, this shouldn't be completely foreign to everybody these are pretty basic concepts so there's two methods of exercising power over people um and one of which is that you could sort of like induce people to um you know in the political economy you induce people to take certain action through I guess compensation that's called compensatory power. Condine power is to uh, get people is to sort of um, at people to act through fear, fear of retribution um, uh, or just like, so, uh, I guess also force of habit too through something being uh, seen as like, you know, a taboo or, you know, uh, you know, outside the scope of what should be done. Not too good job. Explain so it. condine no. power would be like, putting someone in jail for killing someone and compensatory power would be like giving someone a tax break for having a lower consumption car or something. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And to me, I thought my understanding of this, and obviously I haven't read this book, so I don't know, but I thought a lot about what you said because I thought that those two things, one is sort of an agreement that you enter into somewhat consciously. Like, okay, I agree to relinquish some of my personal power to you, the state, in exchange for roads and schools and police and electricity. And one is less of a bargain that you make. Like it's imposed on you. Exactly. And that's condign power. And I mean, I guess the idea of a democracy is that both are a group decision. Right. Yeah. In theory. 
and and that you you raf said that basically the more lasting it's like the the more fastly accumulating power is condign but the more long lasting is compensatory and more stable maybe i i was sort of thinking about it in the context of this movie as like a third kind of authority which is information authority which like i don't know which of those sort of two poles it kind of falls under but i was like what where does where does this this idea of like a shared set of facts a shared thing that we agree upon that that is power essentially like is so you mean like is propaganda an example of condign power yeah is fox news condign power or compensatory power or that's condign right but is it because there's no retribution it's not if you don't well the retribution is that you're on the outside right it's like shaming or, or social alienation or something like oh. you're part of this group and if you don't believe the things it's the same as the anti-vax thing if you don't believe the things that we believe then you're the outsider you're you're an idiot you're not you know you're a sheeple whatever fair enough yeah i think that's fair um i guess maybe like it's a slightly different way to to talk about this is like that there hg wells actually weirdly enough drew this distinction between um, like uh, communities, I can't remember the terminology, communities of uh, consent and communities of compulsion. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. that's actually what he, how he put it. But like the idea, and he sort of like did this and to, to, I think to differentiate um, sort of like the Protestant, very broadly, the Protestant communities of Northern Europe versus which are the communities of consent versus like the, where the Roman Catholic church had a real presence, which is like the communities of compulsion. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of an interesting, it is an interesting idea. You do see it cropping up in, in history now and again. And I, you know, I think that there's like trying to overlay the, the, the concepts of, you know, uh, condign versus compensatory power versus how information control fits in there. Like, I feel that it is certainly a form of, like, a nefarious form of condign power, uh, which would have some distinct characteristics. But um, it, I think it also is, it is a community, and we tend to, th- I think we, the tendency is also to think of communities of consent as being things that are, like, con- the, the idea of consent implies that it's, like, you know, has, like, a noble underlying basis to right. it. But, you know, communities of consent also, you know, like, you consent to fucking go do holy war. You know, it's like, you, you, <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you consent to be a yeah, proud the, boy. The, 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 yeah, exactly. Right. The reformation. I mean, like you, you can consent to be a fucking maniac <laughs> and you can have a community based on uh, being fucking maniacs, like in, in, in human jack offs and you do terrible things and that's consent based. Likewise, you can have a community of compulsion. I hope these I'm using the right terminology. I'm not going to find out that I'm that sounds like at least ass. analogous to the right. Fine. Yeah. 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 I want to do justice to H.G. Wells. I feel like on this show I should really do that. Quick well, like on Google. Yeah, communities of compulsion. Thinking about like, you know, post-Reformation, counter-Reformation Catholicism, you know, like uh, St. Peter's Cathedral. Also, that's beautiful works of art. Also like auto de fe and Spanish Inquisition, mm-hmm. everything yeah. like that. And, you know, the, Actually, you know, the genocide of the Native America, of, of Americas, you know. I can think of a community of compulsion that's actually a beneficial one, which would be everybody who owns a car that is compelled to buy insurance for it. That's okay. that's like a an altruistic community of compulsion, yeah. right? Or um, you taxes. know, 
taxes, right? These are communities of compulsion or uh, healthcare, right? When there was the individual mandate on, on the healthcare law, I would say that that was a community of compulsion. So what does this have to do with the thing again? I mean, I, I feel like we're going pretty far. We've yeah. gone pretty far afield on it. I just, I thought that this was an interesting exploration into the idea of how the destabilization of fundamental truth leads to authoritarian violence. Like, you know, inevitably. I, and I thought that that Okay, was, but then, so you're sort of leaving out part of the story, which is like that there's an external threat. I think this is a monster movie. I'm sorry. I feel I'm like this sorry. movie, it's okay. I don't, I don't mind talking about this stuff. I just don't know if that's there in this. Like maybe we're imposing I it. I feel like if you're going to take anything from this, I, I don't want to like undercut all this or, or, or neg you or whatever. I just feel like <laughs> if you're going to take anything from this, it's just like you're being put in the shoes probably of of kurt russell yeah he's saying what would you do in this situation like you should feel how kurt russell feels lots of paranoia you know like what the fuck do you do if you can't everyone looks normal but you can't trust them it's like it's something i think you don't necessarily have to have like a a political critique attached to that it's just like this is you know uh, this is a scary idea like what would you do if you were trapped in this situation yeah, I mean, I don't actually believe that anybody had this in mind when they were making this movie. It was just apropos of a conversation that Alan and I had just, you know, about and, and like an ongoing conversation between all of us about like anti-vaxxing. And I was sort of like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this is totally I don't know if it's in this yeah. movie or no, not. I feel but like we can and should discuss like smarty pants stuff, too, on this podcast. There's no <laughs> reason why we, we shouldn't do that. So can I go back to a point I wanted to make about the thing? Yeah. That just occurred to me while we were talking about all this Why shit. Why didn't they call it the space thing? <laughs> Wait, was that your point? Damn it. No. My point the was... The ugly alien who couldn't love. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why? So you we find like close to the end of the movie, the, the, the d- doctor guy has like dug a tunnel and from my window to yours. And <laughs> under the... <laughs> And it is through snow. Is building through snow. Oh yeah. yeah. shit! <laughs> um, I love that built, song. Built a spaceship. Oh yeah, that was bonkers. But that so was what so is cool. the point out of, out of, of building the spaceship? Of the helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah, pretty badass. <laughs> but the point I'm making is like maybe sort of the ship. goal is to leave, <laughs> and like the assumption that it's going to spread. Like maybe it's just trying to stay alive long enough to get the fuck off our planet. Yeah, maybe just yeah. jump from person to person until good fine Ernest Borg nine <laughs> or Wilfred Brimley. Sorry, I fly, think. fly it into the black hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's not the that behavior is, of a creature trying to invade. That is right. interesting. Yeah, oh, I mean yeah. it doesn't seem. Do you think when the spaceship lands, it's an an invasion? <laughs> Or just an accident. Well, wh- now it's, that we know that he that it spent like thousands of years in the ice, like it clearly wasn't right. didn't succeed in invading. Yeah, right. if that was its goal, it like maybe accidental. it accidentally so maybe landed it's in just the cold. Accidentally on our planet, right? Well, and yeah, just, I was thinking yeah. maybe it crashed. Right. And so then it occurred to me, like, well, maybe this is like in an fact, alien I, that know, got infected. Crash. Yeah, I feel like when you see it. In the opening scene, it looks like it's like... It's having distress. Yeah, yeah. right? Like it's wobbling or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like so it then, seems like it just so, crashed on our planet. So then the question is, the, why did it crash? Well, was this alien the thing? Was it like, you know, try, like fucking with other aliens who were like... Exactly. Trying not to crash? and they were That like, I love. So right? exactly, that's my point. It's like maybe what actually yeah. happened is some alien got infected couldn't keep the ship in in orbit you crashed up man and then when he comes back 
he's like part of this alien creature is like trying to get the fuck out of there because it knows that this awful beast is inside it which would spread right maybe it's the the crew of uh dark star went through a black hole <laughs> <laughs> and um, found like an evil alien in there and crashed on earth in the past yeah it was yeah the, it was the it could totally be the, the chief what's going on here whatever yeah. i wonder if the dodgers sequel? still exist <laughs> oh i just thought that was interesting wait how the fuck have we not talked about the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Yeah. Are we, are we, are we rolling? We're fucking rolling. <laughs> not? It's the worst. It's just like, again, it, it it's comes. Like Pizza, Pizzagate was real, but um, the president was actually involved. Right. <laughs> I like, I, I love, <laughs> QAnon is, is hilarious. Like it, yeah. if it wasn't so violently fucked up, it would be really, really funny. If it wasn't so dangerous, it would be funny. Uh, this idea that Trump was recruited secretly to run for president to undo a like billionaire pedophile left-wing conspiracy to like you know to to prop up like this like satanic pedophile cult like that's that's incredible yeah that's some like next level (laughs) that's incredible the part that trump being recruited to fight it is incredible the billionaire (laughs) pedophile sex ring that's real is apparently Mostly I mean, real. The pizza part wasn't real. The pe- yeah, the pizza part. The was pizza stupid. part wasn't fucking real. They don't do these things at pizza parlors. Are you kidding me? They have well, they have Palm Beach mansions and East Seventy First Street, like you know, Beaux Arts palaces and private islands and yeah. jets. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, <sighs> they should turn that. They should fucking seize that mansion and turn it into like a, a. No, they should seize the mansion in Seventy First Street and turn it into like a sex traffic victims recovery oh, yeah like, like, a, like a women's shelter Absolutely. it's funny i pass that place all the time is uh, it one building like he's got the whole building yeah it's on the uh, french consulate block right yeah it's like i don't know it, it's one of those consulate blocks it might be a t- fucking i don't know there's like you know you walk around that neighborhood where i often tutor the some beautiful buildings there <laughs> the mr peanuts of the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> like monocled children yeah <laughs> Do you, like, do you mean Monopoly, man? Put on, put on your dress, monocle kids. It's time to go to the theater. Don, don your dress, monocles. But like, I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, as someone who's been so fucking into conspiracies my whole life, it's just sad when. It's when you real. get you get what you want. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I I don't really believe like I don't believe in an Illuminati. That's idiotic. I don't believe in why. Well, I mean. Hang on. I believe in the fundamental principle that powerful people will, you know, do whatever they can to maintain their wealth and power and they network amongst each other to that end. Shady Grove, motherfuckers. Yeah, but like I don't think that they actually meet in like the reptile pyramid on the top of the Empire State Building and like eat like yeah. the genitals of yeah. the the fucking is, runaway it's like, teens. It's like not, it's not as esoteric as I think a right. lot of people make it out to be. It's mundane and worse, right? Exactly. Because like it's worse because people finding like currency in these things. They go to fucking things. Davos once a year. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. It's right out in the open, yeah. but you can't go. The so powerful collude to do evil things. Yeah, like, yeah. that's not hard to to believe. It is yeah. true. It's just not in the name of evil. It's in the name of Profit. give us more money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, and yeah. it's just sort of like I d- yeah, it's ideological. It is. You, you know, you're right. It's not in the name of evil. It's ideological. Yeah. No. And and so free market. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Except it's not free. 
No, it is absolutely not. Um, free market is like anathema to those people. Well, that's it's <laughs> monopoly. That's the religion that and they're yes, selling free. the rest of us while they go fuck right. a bunch of third world economies. You know, it's it's just sort of like, no, we got a free market here, just not for you. Okay, excuse me. Free like, market of one. Yeah, but yeah, QAnon is like is like a fucking crowdsource narrative, right? Where it's like anybody can sort of post on whatever the, I don't know, the original board on Reddit and we're like, oh, I'm pretty sure that Q is it's like... unfortunate. Oh, did I, I honestly... I came it's a, late it's, to it's this a, party. It's a mass delusion. Like, I think like there's a parallel to, you know, shit that used to happen like in like 16th century German villages. Like one woman just would like start like dancing and she just would dance for days and days and one by one, the rest of this town everyone would just start dancing and they just dance and dance and dance and people would like die of exhaustion and like travelers were coming to town. It's like, this town has been dancing for, for two weeks. <laughs> You're talking about St. Vitus disease. You don't have loose, right? <laughs> <laughs> so should we kick it to endorsements? No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is there anything else we, we, we want to say about this movie? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of done. Yeah, I think I think we beat it. To death. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> there was much there. We there. started not talking about epistemology and atheism <laughs> in the context of John Carpenter's 1982 movie, The Thing. <laughs> yeah. Curtis I Russell really and Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> 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 I, I think we ran it into the ground. <laughs> yeah, I think if we heard this, he'd be like, I got uh, three notes for you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get the fuck off my face. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pay me money. <laughs> yeah, that sombrero, that was fucking mine. That was my fucking hat. <laughs> oh, you I had one thing me. to say, actually. I think people should see this movie. It's oh, great. Definitely. It's very yeah. good. Um, Alan, just an what interesting fact. Yeah, oh. it's, it's pretty Tell good. Tell Sam to shut the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can't. Well, fact Apparently, right. it's not my turn to speak. So, go ahead, Alan. Um, so, I heard it, this way. <laughs> it was good. Go ahead. It's oh, am fun. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, this movie is excellent. <laughs> Alan's like, I couldn't figure out who the scientists were, so I didn't like it. <laughs> or what the science was. Nobody else was bothered by that. Yeah, it's a science station. And it almost seems like almost no one there is a scientist. <laughs> and there was no evidence of science. Yeah. 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 They're doing anything. Yeah. Like, I wish there was like at least a core sample somewhere in the background or yeah. something. Yeah. The American Freezer. taxpayers need to know <laughs> what the, you know, Antarctica scientists are doing. Yeah. Guys, like the only drinking. specimens we saw were the blood of the crew. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this obviously was the real Comet pizza basement. Okay. Like, these guys are paving the way for QAnon to come there. And it's cut. And we're <laughs> back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the thing I was going to say, I forgot. Cool. Wait, really? <laughs> when I asked <laughs> I if you guys so, were yeah. recommending the movie? No, you guys blew it the fuck out of my brain. It's awesome. Why did they? Why did he build the spaceship? We'll never know. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, right. Why did he build I it? I thought there? that was the most interesting point anyone made about this Thank movie you. in this episode. Was <laughs> was why why was he building the spaceship? It seems totally... Sounds like I was bored the entire time until <laughs> someone said that. Yeah. Well, there were. I think there were interesting things people said that seemed to have nothing to do oh, with I the remember. movie at all. But, uh, yeah. The thing I was going to say is totally useless. But if you guys still want to hear it, I'll say it. Please. Apparently, the set for the Norwegian camp is actually the set for their camp after they exploded it. Wow, that was useless. Oh. How economical. Right, exactly. That's what it costs. That's it. Yeah. So you're telling me they didn't, rec- they didn't you know, the record the movie <laughs> like in <laughs> chronological order? order? No, yeah. they didn't. No. So Kurt Russell wasn't 
experiencing it in the same way that I was. Well, he may have been. I don't know in what order he experienced <laughs> they, his time. They actually, they actually <laughs> ayahuasca every day. Yeah. Yeah. Did they actually flamethrower the... Uh, and all the cast members yeah, <laughs> they yeah. yeah it's like did kurt russell actually kill the chess master 2000 a better question is is it still kurt russell we don't know all of his other movies played by the thing yeah yeah the thing deserves an that. oscar <laughs> it was really so, endorsements i got an endorsement what do you got it's the one that raf gave previously neon cool. genesis evangelion Nice. I fucking yeah. watch the whole show. It's all, all the can, movies it's I, can all I can find. Think it's so intense. So I can't good. even. I can't even. Wait, you've watched the whole show already? Yeah. Guess, yeah. How many episodes? There's twenty five or twenty six. But they're Plus short. The right? end of Evangelion. Yeah, yeah and, and there's actually minutes. death and rebirth, which was yeah. a total waste of time because yeah, it's the last three episodes and then the end of Evangelion, except both are compressed. Yeah, that show's bananas. Uh, we're gonna have to do that. Yeah, I, think I think maybe in four episode segs. I actually watched the first episode. Yeah. Just based on, yeah. Yeah. No, you, you guys were like talking about episode eight before it's yeah. like, what right. the fuck is happening? Not really. I, I made a meme good. that I'll post about the progression. It's so good. Yeah. Uh. It is, uh, in Asher's words, der- the last couple episodes are deranged. Mm-hmm. And the end of Evangelion is something no spoilers. Okay. beyond deranged. Like, I don't know. It's profound. It's I don't something know that- how to. Yeah, it is profound. Not in the sense, not necessarily in the sense that like it makes a profound, meaningful point. It is profound in the sense like you don't know what you're experiencing when it's <laughs> happening. Yeah, like it is an alien feeling to fucking watch the end of Evangelion. I made the mistake of reading the Wikipedia article first. No, you shouldn't have done that. Not have done that. Oh no, no, you should no, just no, fucking no. let this shit lay into your brain. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Alan, what do you got? Uh, I've been watching this YouTube series called Closer to Truth, which has the unfortunate, has an unfortunate name, I think. <laughs> like, it sounds like an evangelical Christian. Yeah. I was about to like, say, yeah. this sounds like some white power weirdness here. <laughs> but no, it's this guy who does interviews with uh, really great thinkers of our time, like mostly physicists and philosophers, you know, exploring the big questions. If you, if you like this podcast, you might like it. It's a lot of similar questions. The guy who uh, does the interviews has like this New York accent and like a mustache and it's, he just looks like somebody's dad, like one of your dads. Actually, none of your dads, but you sort know. Of a, my dad. I, sort I, of an average. Like a dads. dad of someone we went to high school with. A dad archetype. In fact, he probably is a dad, a dad of someone. So yeah, his kids probably <laughs> went to Stuyvesant. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it, you know, it's very interesting. What's it called again? Closer to truth. It's just nice. Each each interview is sort of like 10 minutes. I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing in the world, but it's cool. The question around like what the nature of consciousness, consciousness is and like Fucking what the nature of time is. Like really high level questions. And, and sometimes like questions that are like more in the nitty gritty, like talking about possible worlds, which is like this philosophy thing, right? Where normal people don't really know what that is even my understanding is that there's among contemporary philosophers there's this idea of like you're trying to explore the nature of necessity and contingency by thinking about possible worlds so you say like by being able to explore what are possible worlds could exist you can therefore say things like well if a certain thing is true in all of them then i guess it's necessary maybe some, some something like that i mean it's related to kind of like some some people kind of use it to prove the nature of God or prove that God exists in, huh. you know. Yeah, this is Leibnizian providence, like the best of all possible worlds, right? Yeah, it could be, could be related to that. 
Okay, maybe I'll watch the video and then not try to sound like a fucking expert on something I know nothing about. I mean, it's 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 actually really weird. Like, there's you want to be able to say like what things are possible, and and also things like what would you do in this situation? And philosophers sometimes think about this in terms of what po- what possible worlds there are, right? Like, so in a, in a if there are, is there a possible world in which uh, you are in this situation, and if so. If you make the statement, in this situation, I would do this, then that means in that possible world, you would do that. And there's like a f- small number of philosophers who think that because we can talk about these all these possible worlds, they therefore all exist in some sense, which yeah. is like well, certainly more strange. Minds, but I guess that's not what you mean. It's not even clear to me what, what they mean. Okay. I think they mean in like some real sense they exist. But when philosophers talk about when things existing, it's I feel like it's not always the same as like when you and I talk about things existing. Like, it doesn't mean that they exist in, like, a material sense. So cut all that, and uh, let's go to Raph. Uh, hi. So I think that <laughs> I would like to recommend uh, John Carpenter's music. I enjoy it. I, I like it. I think that there's also a, in addition to Lost Themes 1 and 2, there's also a uh, remix album that came out a couple of years ago that's really dope. I don't remember the name of Hold it. On. Is Lost Themes the name of an album? Lost Themes 1 and Lost Themes 2 okay. are two of John Carpenter's albums. It's like things he wrote ago. for movies, but they didn't lost. end up making it. <laughs> yeah, or no, I think I it's stuff. We uh, no, some of just, it is yeah. stuff from his movies. Some of it is compositions that he just does. He's like a fucking amazing musician. Yeah. Songwriter, composer. Like it's just, it's uh, his all synth jams. All his stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. instrumental. Cool. Yeah. And they are funky and they are very, very cool. Sounds good. And it's like, it's great music for the gym. I'm looking for something for other than the, the, the Tron Legacy soundtrack to listen to while I program. So I think this, I think that <laughs> this will, <laughs> yeah, this is that right exactly that. Though, actually, um, I want to make another recommendation based on that. There's um, this excellent album called Anthology of Interplanetary Folk Music. What? Yeah, by this guy, Craig Leon. And uh, it's the bomb. That sounds awesome. It's really right. cool. It's bonkers. What's it called? Anthology of Inter- interplanetary folk. What, music. what does it sound like? Like space folk? Does it sound <laughs> no, like no, space it, folk? it doesn't sound like folk music. Don't don't. Oh, Wait, are you thinking of <laughs> that movie that I never watched, yet. where they're like aliens that sing folk music, but they're actually just people? What movie is that? History of Space Folk or something stupid like that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. Cool. What is this real? Yeah, it's real. Sam, I think you dreamed something. <laughs> no, I have the soundtrack. This is like your opium-induced hallucinations. This sounds like what Cherry to the Gods, like they actually, the aliens were listening to when they came down to Earth. Cool. Sold. And taught us how to build pyramids and worship, so like worship, a lot of the songs are about like worship deities. geometric instructions for structure building. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Truculence knows no bounds. What? Sam. I'm just riffing, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to check that out. So I'm not. Yeah, you will. And and yet I'm the truculent one. <laughs> Sam, I'm, you suck. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I wanted to endorse a Thai restaurant in my neighborhood called uh, Uncle Boone's Sister. Yeah, it's, it's dope. It's so good. It's um, the worst name for a restaurant I've ever heard. It's really, really good. I was passing by it for years and like seeing they had it's sort of like the inside of it is is a faux bad restaurant but you can kind of tell that it's like a bad on purpose it's a little hole in the wall and uh yeah the pictures of the food looked really good so I went in and it turned out it was amazing and uh yeah 
So yeah, everybody should go to Uncle Boone's sister. Did you go there the, a while ago? Yeah, like a year ago. Oh, okay. Two years ago, actually, when you I guys... Mean, every time I try to go there, there's a gigantic line. Are you Got trying to go to Uncle Boone's, the proper restaurant? Oh, Because they yeah. spun it out into like a nice sit-down place. We should make a reservation because you can do that for like f- parties of six or more, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Uncle yeah. Boone's sister is easier to... Yeah, Uncle Boone's sister is just like it's a much smaller menu, but like they have really good... Uh, I mean, Fatai with prawns is really good. Common Guy is amazing. And uh, yeah, strong recommend Uncle Boone's sister. Yeah, not quite spicy enough, but, you know, I bet they could make it spicier if you ask. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, hell yeah. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Asher Lack. At Highly Affiligent. At Case of Piles. <laughs> at Highly Affiligent. <laughs> <laughs> We've mur- I've taken over. I've the thinged Alan's Twitter. <laughs> um, you can follow Raph at I just write, penis. I'm horny, LOL. <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> and you, you keep posting pictures of like a goat. <laughs> I'm oh, horny, I LOL. It. That's funny. Um, <laughs> And you can follow the show at Robot House Pod, and it's spelled H A U S. You probably shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Did I say you're at Have a Cool Penis? You did. Oh, awesome. Until next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Adios. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. Who cares?